Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the USMLE Guys podcast. My name is Dr. Paul. In today's episode, we are doing another USMLE Coaches Corner episode. This is something we previously recorded from our YouTube channel, and I wanted to share with you here today. We will be talking about one of the common problems that our one-on-one coaching students are experiencing, sharing with you what's going on and how to fix it so that you can move forward with your own USMLE preparation without any worries. And if you want to work with us one-on-one or you want to learn more about how we can help you prep for your USMLE exams, don't forget to visit our website, usmleguys.com. All right, let's dive in with today's episode. Today, I'm going to go over something that a lot of you have been asking me, which is, what does it take to score a 250 plus on my USMLE exams? Now, of course, step one is going pass fail in 2022. So depending on when you watch this, it may not be applicable, but step two CK is still three digits. So instead of just saying, do this, this, and this, because that's not how it works, I'm going to give you five qualities of students who end up scoring over 250. Now, we've been doing this for over a decade now. We've dealt with thousands of students. And over the years, there's qualities that students who score exceptionally high seem to always have. And so that's what I'm going to go over with you here today. So if you want to score to your full potential, maybe you just don't have a 250 in you. That's okay. A lot of people simply don't have the capacity, but you do have the capacity to score exceptionally well, even beyond what you think. So I'm going to give you the five characteristics, the five qualities of students who score exceptionally well, usually above 250 on their exams, and I want you to start implementing them. If you do, I guarantee you, you will score to your full potential. Number one, students who score exceptionally high on their exams are proactive. What does this mean? It means they start as early as possible. Now, this doesn't mean they start ridiculously early. For example, don't start studying for Step 2 CK while you're still in your basic sciences, But as soon as you finish your step one exam and you're about to get into rotations is when you should start working. That means being proactive, figuring out what my first rotation is, what my second rotation is, and actually getting going. Another thing that falls under this being proactive is they are always studying. Now, I don't mean nonstop around the clock. I mean, every day they are doing something that builds their knowledge base gets them one step closer to that goal. And they understand that little behaviors done again and again and again produce compounding results. So for example, if it's you and another student and you every single day, even if you're really busy, you dedicate yourself to doing 20 to 30 minutes at least of review. And the other student says, ah, I'll wait till the weekend. And they maybe only get an hour or two of review during, during the weekend. Every single day, you're building on what you did yesterday, and then you're building on what you did the last two days, and then the third day, you're building on on everything. This creates the compound effect, meaning you don't have to do a bunch of stuff all at once. It means doing little things consistently over time get you results beyond what you would possibly imagine, but far beyond what other students are going to achieve by just um, trying to cram last minute or trying to do one big session uh, you know, on the weekend. Little bit consistently goes a long way. So that was tip number one or quality number one, they're proactive. They don't wait until the last minute, they start early 
and they work consistently. Number two, they create a plan. You really can't achieve something extraordinary without a roadmap to get there. So what do I mean by this? I mean, if you are a student who is aiming to get a 250 plus, how are you going to get there? Because it's not just a matter of um, going to do some questions every day and then I will get my 250. No, you have to say specifically what are you going to do? So maybe you do dedicate yourself to doing 10 questions a day, but then you go through those questions with a fine tooth comb and you pick out the areas that you just weren't 100% on and then you list them out and then you spend time working on those weaknesses and improving them. That would be a roadmap. So that would be what you would outline. I'm going to do 10 questions a day. Then I'm going to go through every single question and pick out my weaknesses. Then I'm going to make a list of my weaknesses. Then I'm going to create notes based on those weaknesses. Then every single day, I'm going to take 20 minutes and I'm going to review all the weaknesses that I've outlined notes for as I move through my prep. That would be specific. So you see, it's very, very regimented as far as I'm going to do this, 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 and this. The reason why mapping things out or creating a plan is so powerful is because it tells you exactly what to do. Instead of just saying, okay, I'll do my 20 questions today. That's good, but you have to go beyond that. See what I mean? You got to be really, really specific about what you're going to do. And ultimately, everything you do should have a purpose. And that's a big part of your plan. Why am I doing this? Well, I'm doing questions because questions are powerful learning tools when it comes to my USMLE prep. Okay, cool. Then why am I going through really, really slowly and picking out my weaknesses? Because weaknesses are what's going to hold me back from being, being able to answer more questions. That's excellent. But how do I really reinforce those weaknesses so that I turn them into strengths? I'm going to take notes on everything that I determine to be a weakness every day. And then every single day, I'm going to do a quick review of everything that I've done in the past. That's a roadmap to success. That will help you, again, identify weaknesses, fix them, and then slowly over time, turn them into strengths. Okay, so that was number two. So number one, they're proactive. Number two, they create a plan. And when I say create a plan, remember, I mean super detailed. Number three, they focus first and foremost on foundation and then build on that. Over the years, I've had a lot of students who, I mean, everybody wants to score well, right? But a lot of students just don't have that foundation. And whether it's because they've been out of school for a while, maybe they didn't go to the best school that didn't teach them very well. Um, maybe the school focused on, you know, just quizzing them on their, their classes versus really building a foundation, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter what it is. The stronger the foundation, the more you can build on that. So if you've got a rock solid concrete foundation, that's, you know, 30, 40 feet thick. For example, let's say, let's use a building analogy. A thicker, more rock solid foundation means you can build more on top of it. <clears throat> you can't build the Empire State Building on a shaky sand-like foundation. Similarly, you can't build an exceptional knowledge base for the step one, for the step two CK, for the step three, if your foundation isn't just rock solid. So what do I mean by this? Well, what are the foundations? If we're talking basic sciences, I'm talking your anatomy, your physio, your farm, right? All of the normal things that if they become damaged, turn into pathology, that's what you really want to master. Master what is normal, then build the abnormal on that. That's why we don't start typically med school on day one with pathology. We learn anatomy. We learn histo. We learn embryo. And that's what I mean. Mastering those things that 
a lot of students say, ah, it's the boring stuff. I want to get to the path. I want to get to in time. First, learn what's normal, then learn what's abnormal. So if you're in your uh, base, your, your clinical years, it, let's say your first rotation is internal medicine. What you want to do is start with the big picture stuff. So go over cardio, learn the big stuff, the heart failure, the valvular diseases, and then you can go into the more detailed nuanced stuff. So build from the big stuff and then narrow it down. Okay, so we learn first, what is heart failure as a whole? Okay, good. We understand it. Then we understand the path. We understand the path of physiology. Okay, now let's talk more about how are we going to manage that? So remember, you've done the basic sciences to learn what's normal. Now you're in your clinical years. You're going to figure out really what abnormal looks like. Then we're going to take it a step further. And how do we treat this? How do we manage this? That's really what you want to do. So focusing on a foundation first and foremost, even though it's not you know a sexy approach, it will get you results because it'll allow you to build more on top of those concepts. Okay. So focusing on foundation. So once again, you're proactive, you create a detailed plan, you focus on foundation first, and then you build on that. Number four is they ruthlessly plow through questions to find knowledge gaps. One of the big things uh, when it comes to US Emily prep is we have to do a lot of questions. We know that. But students who are focused on getting exceptional results aren't just going through questions for the purpose of doing questions. That's a major mistake I see a lot of students make and students can do thousands of questions without making any significant uh, improvements. Students who score exceptionally well go through questions, but they're doing so with the goal of finding knowledge gaps. I get emails from students and messages from students all the time saying, I'm going through UWorld. My, my percentage is only 40%, 50%. What am I doing wrong? That's the wrong attitude. A student who is focused on scoring exceptionally well is going to hope that they do poorly in their question bank. Here's why. You might say that doesn't sound right. Here's why. If I go through and I guess, let's say, 33% of the answers, I'm, I'm, I'm down to one or two and I, I just guess correctly. Let's say I get 70, 80% of my, 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 um, my block. I feel like, hey, I got a good grasp on this stuff. But in fact, a lot of it was just guessing. My goal with students, when, when we work with students, we want them to do poorly when they're first starting out with questions because that will help them identify where they're weak. Then what we do is we say, just like I said earlier in this video, let's document what mistakes you made, why you made them. Let's figure out how to fix those mistakes. And then moving forward, when we do fresh questions, we can implement the mistakes we took from before and learned and built upon and now we can prove that we know them without a doubt. So you see, you don't necessarily want to focus on UWorld percentages or AMBOSS percentages. Focus on identifying your gaps so that you can then say, awesome, I've got my gaps, then I can go and I can fix them. So when I say ruthlessly plow through questions to identify knowledge gaps, they'll do as many questions as they can within limits until they find a good chunk of knowledge gap, then they'll go fix it. Then once they fix that, they'll go do more questions. Once they find those weaknesses, fix them, they'll do more. And when I say ruthless, I mean, they don't stop. So if you do a block of 30 questions today and you get 10%, a lot of students will say, man, 10%, I suck. I, I, I'm not into this anymore. What you should say is, awesome. I found a ton of weaknesses. I'm going to fix them. I just improved my knowledge. So it's really a mental shift, right? It's not 
It doesn't matter. You could score 90% in, in your world or AMBOSS and you could go and fail your exam. You need to use these tools to identify your weaknesses and fix them. And then that's when you start to see the big results. And the final characteristic or quality of students who score exceptionally well, typically over 250, is they focus on improving any area of weakness. Now, I just mentioned doing questions to identify weaknesses. That's great. But let's say you've done a block of questions, you've outlined your weaknesses, you've gone, you've taken notes, you've created notes based on your weaknesses. Now what do you do with it? Well, what most students do, and the students who don't make improvements, is they say, awesome, I did it. Now I'm not going to think about this for another week, another month. The problem here is that if you don't consistently take those weaknesses and repeat them again and again and again, driving it into your long-term memory, then it doesn't really matter what you did last week because you're not taking the steps today to really drive that information into your long-term memory so that it goes from a weakness to a borderline to a full strength. And so what students do is they take time every single day to take those weaknesses and review them. So as you go through your prep, you're going to have more and more weaknesses, right? And then as you continue through 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 each single day, uh, when you're studying, you're going to, the, to your rotations, whatever it may be, they set aside time every single day to focus on weaknesses. It's just like if you are doing anything in life. If you are an artist, for example, and you have a specific weakness, instead of just forgetting about it and never improving it, you should focus on that weakness. And then the next day, you should focus more on that. And then the next day, until it's not a weakness. Same thing applies here with your USMLE prep. We're taking the time to identify our weaknesses. We need to take the time every single day to go over them. And then as time goes, things that we were weak on before that you've reviewed every day become strengths. So you don't have to worry about them as much. Maybe you only look at things that you deem to be strengths now once a week or once every two weeks just to sort of refresh yourself. But that's sort of the process is you want to make sure that every single day you're focusing on weaknesses, right? You're going to always move forward and go through information. 90% of what you go through is going to be all right, but there's going to be those things that will hold you back. And if you don't identify them and focus ruthlessly on improving those weaknesses, you're never going to get to that next level. And ultimately, going into your exam with no glaring weaknesses is the key to a 250 plus because if you get unlucky, and you get you know, 10, 15 questions on a topic that you're not 100% confident in, maybe you're just a little shaky, that could completely derail your score, taking you from what could have been exceptional down to average, or even just from average to not that great, all right? So guys, let me repeat this one more time. The qualities of the best of the best. They're proactive. They create a detailed plan. They focus on foundation and they build on that. They ruthlessly plow through questions to identify weaknesses. And then five, they focus on improving any and all areas of weakness consistently over time. If you implement everything I told you here today, can't guarantee that you'll score above 250, but I can guarantee that you will score above where you would have if you were not focusing on implementing all of these characteristics into your prep. Thank you all for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that to be helpful. If you want to learn more about how you can work with us, either one-on-one, -on -one, get access to our drill sessions, or our Step 1 or Step 2 CK coaching programs, don't forget to visit us at usmleguys.com. Thank you for sticking around. I hope that was helpful. We'll see you on the next episode.